0: ARAHATO SAMMA SAMBUTASAN ATMORTASA BHAGAVATO ARAHATO SAMMA SAMBUTASAN ATMORTASA BHAGAVATO ARAHATO SAMMA SAMBUTASA APARUTHA DESANGAMATASA TAVURA YESOTAVANTA BAMUNJANTU SATAN This is the Posita and the waxing Moon, and the uh, retreats going by very quickly. Pretty soon it'll be uh, the end of the retreat. Uh, Just notice how uh, I find, anyway, that uh, retreat time is. because you spend so much time in a kind of timelessness that uh, time goes by very quickly in in a, in a conventional sense when when you're really uh, watching the clock waiting for the bell waiting for the week to pass waiting for the end of something and and uh getting caught up in looking at the clock or the calendar and then uh, time t- seems to go by much more slowly. So There's just a way of reflecting on what is time a reality. You know, what because uh, you know, it's looking at your own experience of life you know, we can look at time as some objective you know scientifically as the revolutions of the planet uh, and the planet going around the Sun and so forth as time is reality but as experience, what is it you know it's begin to notice the, the perception of time beginnings when something begins and when something ends, And then as you develop the awareness when, when, the, when sati connects then you are actually in a timeless realm, timelessness. Because time is, uh, you know, the illusion that we hold to in regards to our attachment to the conventional world, to the identity with the five kandas. <coughs> the conventional world that we live in say we're using a convention right now, Theravada Buddhism it's a form, it's a convention and so it has a beginning you know, it has a history and uh, it's quite an ancient uh, religion that still operates quite well in the present time but it is a convention. So, putting it in the context of convention is something with a form, something that begins and ends. Because it's so easy to attach to conventions, like that's the problem with with, uh, w- with the world that we live in, is that we, we identify so strongly with a conventional form that uh, it... Uh you know, we, we limit ourselves to the form and when that form is challenged or or whatever, then of course we get very upset, very angry, very desperate. So, uh, this is just reflecting on that in uh, developing this awareness, you're actually transcending that convention or you're putting the convention in its proper place not as a as an identity that you hold but as a skillful means like the dhamma vinaya that we use is a skillful means aimed at awareness this sense of waking being awake reflecting observing witnessing knowing letting go of the the illusions that we hold on to, and then realizing nibbana, put it, or ahamatta dhamma, or truth. So, in the ten fetters, the first three fetters are the. Sakyatiti which is the personality view which is another thing we strongly hold to and and believe in is our our personalities and then Silabhata-Bharmas conventions and Vichikecha is doubt which is always a result of thinking so somebody gave me some asked me the other day about the turning of the wheel three times. And uh, I'd never really heard of this before but uh, it's a Tibetan convention. Mm. So they they see that there's been three turnings of the wheel, the Dharma wheel. The first one with the Buddha and the second one with Nagarj and a third one with something else, and so this. Is, and I read the, the 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 article on this, and it was really complicated, <laughs> because it is uh, it's dealing with with uh, time and with history and with views and opinion. So, or teachings you know teachings that we don't have in Theravada so then notice the way that um, uh, we have the teaching about the first turning of the wheel but the second two we don't have because the convention doesn't have that that's all so is it you know then we can if we're attached to our own convention then we we can dismiss it and say it's a bunch of Mahayana rubbish, and and without even knowing what it's about. Or we can get intimidated and think that our convention is only the first one. You know, we haven't really advanced beyond just the first turning. We should better get get going with the second, and third, and more because that's more advanced supposedly and more appropriate. So what is it that we can know right now in terms of uh, this moment? You know, this awakening is now. And so this is to trust this awareness now rather than uh, you know, getting caught up in doubt because of thinking about the the first, the second, third turning of the wheel, if you think about it, it just creates a lot of doubt in the mind. <clears throat> so it's not that it's wrong or we need to pass judgment on it, but in terms of practice, the very direct practice, this, this is what I'm encouraging you to trust, not to... to to let uh, you know the conventional world intimidate you that much, or if it does, to see how it does, to see how various teachers or various ways of putting things, various forms of Buddhism, how they they come across in a very you know there's always this sense of greater and lesser and advanced and primitive and pure and so forth that that uh, can be very you know, the b- 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 power to uh, intimidate us t- in the present. And the important thing is to be able to see this, to see how, you know, somebody, because the Dalai Lama says there's three turns of the wheel, and because the word Dalai Lama also, you know, it means the expert, and on and on like this. So what, what can I know in terms of this present moment just know what what is happening. The doubt that arises, or the the um, dismissal way I might dismiss it, or d- deny it, or or believe it, or disbelieve it, or whatever. Just to know that this is the way it is, because this is to do with thinking. in terms of the terms Mahayana, Vajrayana, Mahayana, Hinayana these terms are used quite a lot when I was in Chile they are always asking me about this because uh, you know mainly the Mahayana is the one that makes up these words these are not in the Theravada and uh, Theravada is it Hinayana or what you know People put it want to classify it. Theravada could be put, usually placed under Hinayana. So these are words, aren't they? And because they, you know, the way we think logically and the way we hold uh, lesser or greater, advanced or the ultimate. I mean, these are gradations that we, you know, in the way we think. If it's lesser, somehow it's inferior. If it's a smaller vehicle, it's inferior to the greater. And, and, uh, Vajrayana is the advanced. And so the, the, you know, Theravada is the backward. And the... I mean, this is just how we think, isn't it? This is the thinking process again. Of good, better, best, bad, worse, worse. And notice that thinking itself is, it has it is linear. You know, it's it's you have one thought moment at a time. You can't think two thoughts at the same moment. You've got if you're attached to thinking, then you're very much bound into the dualism that thinking uh, uh, creates. So you have greater vehicle, lesser vehicle. Uh, that's dualistic, isn't it? Greater and lesser. And then if you say, you know, you, you quote authorities like Rinpoche's or Sangharajas or great scholars, then these are also, they're, they're we, we empower the people that have fame or uh, renown or historical importance or good reputations with somehow they really know so we, you know, and we and we don't. But the, the teaching of the Buddha's point what, what I can know at this moment not from the macrocosmic perspective you know, from the position of God that knows everything about everything but from the position of this moment now this point of consciousness as, as it experiences this moment is like this now so this is what, you know, in developing the path the Eightfold Path, this is, this is all it really amounts to is learning to trust in the awareness of the moment because when the awareness then includes the thought or the emotion that arises, like awareness it will include your thinking process, your emotional reactions, your doubts about such terminologies or which is the best or which is inferior, uh, is, is it important to decide which is, you know, to have, have authorities tell us which is the best or which is inferior or is this what we want? Do we, do we want the best form of Buddhism? Is that what we're here for, to have the, the highest and the best? Because that's, we, we create those concepts with thinking. Now you can say, of course we think we want the best. So we can always consider our form of Buddhism the best because that makes us feel good. So you find Theravadans that always putting down Mahayana and Tibetan Buddhism and that and the and because they ours is the best and theirs is inferior or they even can be dismissed as not even being Buddhist teachings. Because of this grasping of, of these concepts, you know, we... Do you want to think of, you know, our form of Buddhism as somehow lesser, uh, you know, because the the ego really wants to identify with the best, the best teacher, the best monastery, the best method, the best uh, form, best religion, So this is where we, we, you know, with reflection, we begin to see this trap of the mind because we think and we create. And thinking is like that. It's about good, better, best, bad, worse, worse. It's about what's more than or less than, greater or lesser, ultimate, heaven and hell, right and wrong, so and these are very intimidating words like, like being right isn't it? there's an enormous investment in our lives to be right and the ego depends very much on the sense of wanting to be right and uh, to, to be wrong is, uh, is uh, you know kind of humiliating or failure so we, we have a longing for righteousness for having everything being absolutely right and then to get rid of all that's wrong, to to get rid of that which is not right, purify the mind, make our minds absolutely right and pure and our practice right and pure and get rid of all the the wrongs, the deficiencies, the faults. This is, this is thinking again, isn't it? This is the, when we start thinking, this is how it goes, at least mine does. So the encouragement for this awakened awareness, because if we have to spend our lives just trying to make everything right and perfect, and figure out which is the best and the highest. At the end of the day, we'll we'll never get we'll never realize the path, even if we find the best. And then even if we have the best teacher and the best form and the best everything, because we've we've never really, you know, we followed the the illusion based on thought, thinking and ideas and opinions and views. So you can see the, the liberation that comes through awareness is getting beyond the convention of thinking, language, form. Though in, uh, to realize stream entry, or the Sotapanna, uh, the first three fetters are about this, about this personality view, Sakaditi, Tilabhata Baramasa, is the attachment to convention. Uh, it's about identifying with the conventional world Sakyadity is being attached to personality itself personality view is nothing wrong with that but it's the attachment and identity with it we actually believe we are our personalities you know unless we question and begin to observe it what is it that is aware of your personality what is aware of There's an awareness of my personality. You know, I can be aware of what I'm saying right now. And my personal inclinations and habits and that. There's there's a knowing that I I, you know, have this kind of get upset over this or prefer that or, or don't like this or want you know i can I can be aware of the of the personality uh, that arises, so then that's reflecting isn't it sati sampachanya actually observing as this uh, one your own personality as it as it functions it's not to and i said it's not to try to develop the best righteous saintly personality that we're here. You know, we we can, you know, in a religious world we can get caught up in trying to act like saints or arahants, trying to to make ourselves into kind of perfect personalities. But that's not it. You'll never you'll never perfect your personality. <clears throat> So a personality then is an, is no longer we're not criticizing anyone's personality saying his personality is better than his uh, this nun has a better personality than that other one there's a personal opinion but there's any personality you're supposed to be like my become like my personality it's impossible isn't it so personality is uh you know it's it's uh the sense of self identified with the five khandhas. so the awareness uh, of that is all there once you once you're aware you can you can let go of sakeyachi so it's always in the attachment, not the sakeedti itself or the or the you know the the um, these things like conventional world or having a personality we're not trying to destroy personality or to, or to get rid of conventions but to understand them to, see, to realize the suffering we create when we identify with them like when I identify with my personality I suffer I've noticed this. this, is why I suffered a lot before I ever meditated. And people, some people said I had a very, you know, nice personality. Wasn't that I had a really, oh, I was a terrible person and per- people couldn't stand me when I was a layman, when I was a deluded layman. I mean, some people thought I had a very good personality. I never did because you never liked yourself that much. <laughs> but, but, uh, you know, it wasn't, wasn't kind of, uh, anti-social or a social outcast. But the, but still that identity with the personality was, was always creating, uh, uh, always creating worry, anxiety, self-consciousness, Fear around my relationship with the world and the people and the society I was in that was attachment to personality, didn't know how to and he didn't know anything else because my experience was always distorted through this attachment to psychedity it's always me and this incredible obsession with oneself and what one looks like and whether people like you or don't and on and on like this so that it, you know, even on, under the best conditions, uh, I'd suffer. So, then the, of reflective awareness is beginning to put personality in, a, in its proper context. You're not your personality. If you begin to really w- awaken and see, you, know, you can see your personality. Sometimes it's, Sometimes the personality is quite pleasant sometimes it's boring, sometimes it's stupid sometimes it's intelligent sometimes it's horrible I've seen all ranges of of uh, personal traits arise and cease in consciousness but the awareness is, uh, is the refuge not trying to to judge and and destroy the personality, but to no longer be uh, deluded by it, by the emotional habits or the thoughts, opinions, views that you hold as as a separate individual. The conventional world, how to use the convention that we're using here, Theravada Buddhism, in order to not, without be it becoming celabutta Baramasa, how to use dhamma vinaya pali scriptures and abhidhamma and all this with in order to not in for awakenness, for enlightenment rather than for some kind of of um, identity you know so then then uh, so this is the this is the convention we've chosen this care about a form, so this is, you know, whether it's the best, or I don't know, I don't really know myself, but, but it's what uh, attracts me, and I'm content with I like the form, I have a, des- a desire to go on to a different one. But that doesn't mean that I, you know, that I think this is the best, I don't really know. It's good enough, the way it is. It works for me. So I know this through through my own experience and, and practice of it. That one is in uh, other conventions and, you know, that's the encouragement to use it to, for awareness rather than for identity or for attachment to conventional, to form opinions and views. Like I find it irritating when Theravadans get really opinionated and put down every other form of buddhism and and have a righteous view that somehow we're superior to the rest. I find that quite repulsive myself when I hear it because that's not important is it it's not uh i don't I don't particularly like to do that myself to 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 uh, rate myself in the, in a in a in a structure of being, you know, the best or the worst or whatever. Because it doesn't ring true to me. It doesn't. It's not real for me. I don't need to know whether I'm the best or the highest or the worst or this. Uh, because that whole way of thinking f- falls apart you know, I don't need to know my status or who I am. Because the uh, awakeness is all that's necessary. Not finding out who you are, but learning to wake, to trust in awakened awareness. Because wanting to find out who you are is, of course, you're back into the realm of sakya again. Mm. Thoughts and ideas and preferences and inclinations and uh, ideals of how things should or shouldn't be. So you can see how these three fetters kind of support each other. they're, They're artifices that human beings create. You know, like personality is an artifice. It's what we project onto the present about, you know, identi- self-identity and and conventional world, uh, the forms that we use, uh, you know, the, the political or social, economic, uh, ethnic, cultural forms, religious forms are artifices that human beings create. and and uh, then uh, Wichikicha, the third fetter doubt uncertainty is always the result of thinking so when we are attached to thought we you know people that think too much can't do anything you know, you just. Uh, you know, you end up. You know, it always ends up in some kind of doubt. You know, so like in in a religious path, in Buddhism, for example, uh, doubt and faith, you know, the idea of these balancing each other, or, or rather panya and uh, faith. So, like panya or wisdom and faith. Because if you. If, if you just, you know, the panya faculty is too much, then you tend to doubt. When you doubt, you can't do anything. And um, if you have only, if you have too much faith, then you, you're kind of impulsive, you don't, you don't reflect on what happens, so you, you kind of jump into the thing without knowing what's happening, or, or the, or, or, or wise consideration. So in, these two faculties, faith in uh, sadha and panya are balanced with sati or mindfulness, awareness. <coughs> so, trying to think your way to enlightenment, you'll only fail at it. Uh, and uh, and it's it's like like this. The, the form that we are using here, you know, how to use it so that it, so, that it helps you to awaken, you know. All of it is for awareness, not for identity. You know, so like the vinyā is for awareness to help you to, in regards to behavior, social behavior, personal behavior within the Sangha. His restraint, restrictions, and etiquette, and so forth, uh, agreements uh, for awareness, not for who is who has who is keeps the denier the best, and so forth. Who's strict and who's not, and how does it work? You know, holding it too tightly or too loosely. You know, we learn from from experience. The attitude of, you know, sometimes discipline, you know, if, if you come from a background where there's been a lot of discipline, then, then, uh, then, you know, Vinaya can make you very tense all the time. You're so afraid of breaking a rule or doing something wrong or committing an offense. It's kind of a relax. Uh, and so is that mindfulness, holding so tightly to rules, uh, That you can never relax. It's ever, the whole life just makes you, makes you, you know, always uncertain, nervous, and feel you might do something wrong. So this is where, you you know, you know what, how things affect you. You can, you can, then if you think, well, you know, Vinaya just makes me tense and nervous, so I'll have to disrobe that's one way of looking at it or how to use a vinaya so that it doesn't do that you know it, it's up to you to figure out how to use these things so that they're supportive you know so it's uh you know what works what 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 helps you to to relax and to be at ease and to and yet to respect the conventions that we've chosen so this is uh, using your reflective capacity, sati sampanna, rather than than uh, uh, just you know going along, you know, interpreting things in a in a habitual pattern. You know, because when we come into the monastic life, our minds are still, you know you know the thinking process is, has come out of it develops out of aviccha not understanding things so how we hold the tradition monastic life and monastic discipline usually is influenced by Avicha. but then the, the the awareness we begin to see through this let go of these habits the grasping tendencies, when we see the, the result is always suffering. We're suffering from being monks or nuns. <clears throat> Why? It's monastic life, it makes you, su- or is it the way you hold it or grasp it? So this is the, this is the question, these are the questions to ask, you know, how to, you know, and, and this is, you have to find this out for yourself. So these three fetters, as recognized, are it's the, the prejudices and the cultural conditioning, uh, attachment to the emotional habits, to views and opinions, and that that prevent us from seeing the path, the eightfold path, or the magjima <coughs> bhavibhata. So as soon as we put these in, in proper perspective, you know, so it's very clear in this teaching, isn't it? The ten fetters, the sannyoganas, are that um, the first three are, are the, the the attachment to the first three, are the ones that block stream entry. You don't, you can't see the path as long as you these attachments are are there. You know, as long as you're bound into Sakyaditi, silabhata brahma, savichikicha. You're stuck there. So when you're stuck with those three fetters, you know, it's important to, to, you know, to wake up to see this, to see the suffering that, that, uh, is created through these identities. With, um The personality, the convention, conventional world, and the, and your thinking habits. So at this moment, there's awareness, you know, when it, by trusting awareness, then there is awareness. Of, it has this broad spectrum, includes. This doesn't depend on thought. Thought is in. Can be part of this moment, but it's, I'm not. But if I'm just attached to my thinking process, then I tend to believe it. And if I never question my own thoughts, the way my memory, the way I, the opinions and views that I hold and I grasp, if I just operate from that, then I, then I, then my world is limited to that, to my views and my opinion and then then there's always you know who d- you know some somebody's going to disagree with the way I think and the way my views and opinions, and so there's always this this conflict with the world around me with others with relationships with society and then on just on the conventional level, there's so many things you know and the conventions are so many. Now it's a world, you know, where it's very with a globalisation is the big word of the of this time. It's not like nice little old village life in England hundred years ago with with your own kind nice Christian community with your own kind of people where everybody went along with the conventions, never questioned them or challenged them, but just That was their world and that was their identity. Now you're challenged everything is, you know, Theravada Buddhist temple in Hertfordshire. Mm Several hundred years ago we'd all been beheaded (laughs) by now. For being Buddhists, I'm sure so it is a very challenging time in a way it's very you know makes it even more because we can challenge convention not rebelling or you know I said before not trying to create new conventions there's this kind of conceit in the west too that we're going to create a superior form of buddhism because we're so clever and intelligent you know europeans and americans and we're going to improve on the asian forms get them up to date and scientific and all that and and so we you know we've got incredible conceit and arrogance in the west to deal with and uh you know thinking we're going to improve Everything, everything we touch gets better, you know. So, uh, and uh, now we it's not so clear that that's the case because we, you know, we're looking at the mess we've made of the planet, uh, and it's usually the fault of the Americans or the Europeans most of the mess. <coughs> so, our confidence has been shaken. <laughs> In, in our conceited views. But do you have to have the best, like some people, have to have the best teacher or the best monastery? But that's not the point, is it? If, you know, if I, the conceit, you know, kind of arrogance and conceit, I can think, I want the very best teacher and, and I want the best of the whole lot because, you know, I'm so important then I'm not going to settle for anything 2nd rates. Right. But I've noticed that people that develop in monastic life the best are not conceited like that. They don't need the best. They learn from what they have. You don't need to spend your life looking for the best, but it's how willing you are to learn from the way you are and the, what you have in the present. Because this is the, the important the the path is is here and now. It's not depending waiting for you to find the very best monastery. But if you're conceited enough then you then you then you might you can see things you're not so good about this place and probably better monasteries and better teachers and, and so you maybe you'd better go where you can find the best. And that's fair enough but the the awakenness is what i'm encouraging and i'm not trying to convert you to think that, that this is the best, cuz i don't know there might be better places very likely but, but it's how willing you are to use this for awareness is is the is where you begin to uh you know really Develop that confidence from within yourself, that unshakable confidence that comes through understanding, through insight. So in the, when the Buddha was in his last stages of life on earth, and he said, what are we going to do without our, without, when our great teacher dies? And he said, I leave you the Dhamma Vinaya." You know, it's not like you have to wait for the next Buddha. The the Dhamma Vinaya. How to use the Dhamma Vinaya for awareness? So the the course the, the 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 word that I'm using all the time is awareness. Is wake up.
1: This is, you
0: know, whether it's the third turning or the second, but the important is waking up, not trying to figure out all these uh, complicated uh, concepts, unless you particularly want to do that, but to encourage you to, to uh, trust in just a simple, imminent uh, act of awakening of and of uh, reflecting all conditioned phenomena is impermanent and not self anatta uh, then is not having a self to me i like that that's never frightened me some people you know they they get very terrified because uh, they they want to be somebody want to know who they are And uh, want to have you know some different characters uh, want want a a very you know an identity of some sort. So when the experience of anatta is like very can be very frightening if if you really want an identity. But if you're fed up with identities. You know, I don't want, want an identity. <laughs> I don't want to know who I am, because knowing what I'm not is, is all that's necessary. You know, but if, if if I have some identity, if I want to know who I'm, that means I'm I'm still thinking of myself as separate from everything, and ha- and, a, and in some way special. I'm a special thing. So, so there's a lot of interest in previous lives and in, and in you know, whether you you were reincarnated or into, you know, you know whether you're a specially, uh, you know, gifted, spiritual, de- highly developed person and so forth. <clears throat> Because that that's the ditti wanting you know wanting to you know there's a, you know wanting to be special, the desire to to not just be one of the vulgar herd, but to be very special, kind of specially awakened, spiritually, highly evolved spiritual being, It's rather nice identity, I and mean, just one of the vulgar herd. Yeah. <laughs> and so there's, uh, you know, you might like that. Maybe you don't want, maybe you, your ego depends on being part of the vulgar herd rather than a special creature. But whatever way your mind works, you know, it all depends on thinking and the grasping of thought and concept. so even if you should experience past life you know you in your meditations you suddenly have uh, memories arising from previous lives what should you do about that? putting it in a context of Dhamma isn't it if, if previous life memories come into consciousness now they, they are Sanya, Sankara, like anything else. You know, they come and they go, and they arise and cease in the, in the mind, in the jitta. But then the will well, it you know, previous life, I was, somebody said, somebody told me, read my orange said I was Ajahn Chah's grandmother. that's true somebody you know, a psychic woman that reads Zora has told me that so you know well, I have a special affinity with Lumpur Cha because in his previous life was his granny <laughs> I'm special aren't I in this community you can say made Sumedho's special because he's you know the no wonder he he had you know he was so he's so devoted to Ajahn Chah because you know, his grandson <laughs> <laughs> and it goes on that's all thinking again, isn't it concepts and even if it's true if it, even if I could prove it in some way, it still would remain exactly that it would just be concepts again. And, uh, my sakyaditi could be fed on that. I'm special. I'm especially I have a special mission in life and I'm identified with this. So in awareness, if, if these kind of thoughts come up, the inclinations, they, they can be seen, not, not, not just, you know, suppressed anymore or Judge, but just recognize all the pace and are there's they come and they go Now this is where even you know like psychic phenomena or um, uh, you know mirac- miraculous visions and whatever you know, that ha- that can happen to us in in uh, in our spiritual development, the attitude. Of awareness means to see them in the context of dhamma not to not to identify, not to get excited because they're so interesting or fantastic or powerful or you know the, because that, that those are the those are the extremities of of experience and one absolutely fantastic insights and memories from previous lives and I'm a very special, unique spiritually developed being. Because what I can know, even if those thoughts come up in my mind, is that they arise and they cease. So this 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 sense of developing this connectedness with awareness. Because awareness is you know, is not impressed by you the great credentials and the special specialties of one's perception. Awareness receives and recognizes and discerns, but, but doesn't get enthusiastic about the fact that I was Ajahn Chah's grandmother. But emotionally, you know, Sakya Ditti, I could make a real, you know, I could real, get really excited about that. and uh, hold myself as a very special kind of monk. Mm. That would be the Sakya again. So knowing, you know, having reflected on the result of the clinging, because I'm certainly, you know, had mu- much of my life clinging to Sakya as my identity. So, uh, go around thinking that I somehow didn't have this problem because it was certainly you know the, one of the reasons why I became a monk because of the suffering I created out of my being my personality. So this, uh, and then the, in uh, terms of what happens in your spiritual development no matter how Fantastic, absolutely wonderful, or special it might be, or horrible, or frightening. I encourage you to reflect on it in terms of it, what it is as Dhamma. If it comes, it goes. If it begins, it ends. If it's born, it dies. And so you, you begin, your mindfulness then develops this continuity. You know, it's not just fragmentary, but it has a con- continuity and an embracing quality. Oh, it includes, so it's not, it's not getting rid of the bad and, and, and trying to control the mind. Anymore. You know, it's not based on right and wrong, good or bad, but on understanding. The Dhamma. So that's enough for this evening, I offer this uh, as a reflection.